All right, welcome back to another episode of a podcast about sports. I'm Heath. I'm Owen. There it is. And uh, <laughs> um, so I guess we're going to start off today with talking about the new Carson Wentz trade and uh, kind of the ramifications of that for both of those teams. Uh, what do you think? Who won the trade? I think the Colts won the trade because they got a quarterback who has a ceiling of playing at an MVP level, especially back with Frank Reich, the offensive coordinator who had him playing at that level in 2017. But I think it was a best case scenario for everybody. Honestly, that, or obviously you wouldn't want to be the Eagles. Like it, it was a good situation that turned bad pretty quickly with Wentz there. The first overall pick or second overall pick in 2016 and you want to hold on to that guy for a while. And obviously the front office wasn't able to, but at this point with him that unhappy, you have a quarterback in Jalen Hurts who showed good signs last year. Don't know if he's the guy for the future, but they have somebody at least who the fans are happy with next year. And, but yeah, I absolutely think the Colts won the trade. I think Carson is going to play a lot better if he's in a position where he's happy. And I think being on a complete roster, I mean, that the Eagles roster has really, as Wentz has gotten worse, the roster has also gotten worse. And they've really dealt with injuries. Um, Jason Kelsey, a lot of injuries on that front line, lost receivers. They took Jalen Rager over some much better receivers in the draft. They've lost a ton of players on defense. And the Colts are maybe the most complete roster in the NFL. And we know that Wentz has a good relationship with Frank Reich. So I think the Colts won that trade. Yeah, man. I mean, the, the Eagles were such a good offensive line back when Wentz was in his prime. That's just yeah. aging offensive linemen. I think they've lost a couple. And it's just not the same offensive line. But the, the Colts have a great one. I mean, talk about Quentin Nelson, probably the best guard in football, if not a top lineman overall. Um, so I think you'll definitely appreciate that. And like you said, it'll be good for him to have a good relationship with his coach because I heard Doug, him and Doug Peterson wouldn't talk for like, they didn't talk for like eight, 10 weeks. Yeah. Like that's obviously inexcusable, but so hopefully he'll be in a much better situation now. And I think you're right. It is almost a win-win for both teams with, you know, the Colts, that was kind of the last piece they needed was a quarterback. And, of course, they would have benefited from somebody a little bit better. But Carson Wentz has shown that he can be good. And the Eagles were able to get rid of a quarterback who clearly did not have a future there and were able to get a couple picks out of it, too. So I think that I think that was good for both teams. For yeah, sure. you bring up Doug Peterson. I think nobody's stock has fallen more as a person in the NFL than Doug Peterson. I mean, he went – and when they won that Super Bowl, he was touted as one of the best coaches in the league. He was so ballsy, the fourth down Philly special. He was, you know, really put it all on the line in that game. But between him kind of not being able to keep Wentz happy, not, not exactly always being consistent in how they were calling games, um, and then especially with that, the final game against what was it the Giants or Washington in week 17 where he put in Sudfeld randomly in the fourth oh. quarter when they had a chance to win 
And like, I get, you know, you could say that he's trying to see what Sudfeld can do, or you can say that they were trying to get a better draft pick. I think they moved from nine to six, but those players were furious. Like there were reports that players were had to be held back from yelling at him after that game. So I don't know if anybody has had a bigger fall from grace than Doug Peterson has. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Do you know where he is now? Like, is there, is he anywhere at the moment? I don't know where he is. I can look that up. Yeah. That would be He's curious. an offensive assistant at Kent State or something. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say there's no way he has any kind of high-level coaching position right now. Going to be in the Monday Night Football booth. Yeah, I don't even know if they want him there. But maybe he's going to have to switch to basketball or something. <laughs> yeah, I really don't know who. I mean, he'll get a job. He's still a. I mean, I'm, yeah. Like when you're in the league as long as he is, I think you're generally respected regardless of. Yeah, what... I mean, he still knows football very, very well. Like, obviously, I don't know if he's going to be in a position to be calling any plays for a while, if ever again. And um, maybe not in a great leadership position either. After all, it's been coming out about it. But yeah, he knows football and he definitely has good insight to bring to some teams. But yeah. I just don't I, like. I think Carson Wentz is partially to blame because he obviously showed zero interest in playing football last year. But I also think the Eagles sort of told him he was the guy, and then I don't know. I can see how he wouldn't have been thrilled with the situation. Drafting Jalen Hurts was obviously not the best move for his, you know, um, for his personality, and they're. There have been reports for his whole career since college that he doesn't respond to, like, like he needs to be friends with his coaches and he needs to have a positive relationship as opposed to, like, a, a Belichick-esque relationship with his coaches. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that's definitely on the, the coaching staff in the front office to understand, like, what that player needs, like, right. in a relationship or whatever. But also, like, I feel like that shows a lack of confidence and leadership himself to be like, oh, there's quarterback competition. Like, fuck this. Absolutely. Like, Aaron Rodgers had that same thing, and he that elevated him to MVP. Yeah, level. for sure. I think, yeah, it's definitely a, a knock on his leadership ability. But yeah. if – I think if there's a place where he won't have to be that leader to galvanize the locker room, it is Indianapolis just because of how complete their roster is top to bottom. I think so, too. I don't know – the thing with the Colts that I, I, there might still be a bit of a leadership void because it's not like they have any crazy standout players like filling the roster. You know, they're like like they're right. in a way that it's like you know just good top to bottom. But besides like Quentin Nelson, they have very few like standout people that I would see being top leaders. So hopefully for sure, I think well, I think you've got Darius Leonard on the defensive end, but maybe that's going to be what we have to see whether Wentz can sort of improve his mood and step up and be that be that leader for them yeah I, I think it'll be interesting to see how that shapes out because you know on the one hand there's definitely will be that confidence level of like okay like this is a good team like I don't need to play some hero ball like I right. can help you know my, me and my teammates are all in it together and I think that might have been when he was missing at the Eagles at some point so um, I, I think that should be good for him and obviously he has that relationship with the head coach so I think it's definitely a good situation for him. And and I, I hope he does well there. Like you never, you never want to see somebody fall from 
the top like that. But I want to see Drew Brees fall from the top. <laughs> Do you think he's going to play again? No, I don't. Um, I thought it was interesting. I don't know if I mentioned this, but how right after he that game ended, it was sort of like media and the fans were just acting as if he was going to retire. Yeah. I think everybody's kind of seeing that he like can't throw the same as he used to be able to and are sort of pushing him to retire. But Well, for me, I think it has to do with all the injuries and like yeah. I think reason on its own to retire. Like it, it sucks because like, you know, if this offseason he's able to get healthy and be in good physical shape and able to stay healthy, like he's still a very top quarterback. But with all the injuries that he's been dealing with and some of them have been not just from the season they've been like prolonged for a couple of years now they for sure his shoulder hasn't been great in like three years no it hasn't he's had i mean he had cracked ribs a torn plantar fascia some in his knee like he, he had all kinds of injuries so i don't think anybody's blaming him for you know looking like he is not playing that well because of all the injuries too i feel like but i don't know if i think sometimes your body just has to call it quits for you especially when you're like almost 40 or maybe he is for sure um so the eagles have the sixth pick in this draft right now Mm -hmm. what do you think they do where do you what what direction do you think they go do you think they go wide receiver try to give hurt somebody they could definitely go quarterback i could see them taking fields to maybe sit behind hurts i could i mean there are a lot of different things they could do I think you'd be foolish to take a quarterback early this year. I could see them bringing in, in my opinion, they should bring in a veteran presence just as a bit extra motivation for Hertz and at least give him one year. Like three games is not enough time for a first round quarterback to prove anything. Yeah. So I think that a veteran presence to help, you know, mentor Hertz and provide a little bit of quarterback competition. Um, yeah. Would, and then maybe if he's not playing at the level that they want to see the next year would be good to bring in another quarterback I think that wide receiver is what they want right what they need right now and hopefully they can figure out a way to draft a good one because that has not been a strong suit for the Eagles yeah I love mock draft season because this one I'm looking at says it's now Jalen Hurts team and then another one says they trade up to draft Justin Fields and doesn't even mention Jalen Hurts so nobody really knows what's going on in Philadelphia right now well, I, I would assume in that trade they're trading Jalen Hurts. I think that there's no way – if you trade up and take a quarterback, there's no – like, if you're taking a quarterback at your current spot or um, trading up, then you have to get rid of Hurts. Like, that's pointless to have two first-round quarterbacks in the last three years on, on your team. I disagree. I think – I mean, like, 50% of first-round quarterbacks are just complete busts. So if you're sort of rebuilding, which it seems like they kind of have to, I think it doesn't hurt to give yourself two shots at it. I'm not a math guy, but isn't that 75% chance? I, something, something like that. Uh, you know, I, on one hand, I agree, but I'm a pretty firm believer in not bringing in a highly drafted quarterback to a shit team. Like, I don't, yeah. like, I don't like doing that. I think that's why the Broncos have been stuck low for a while and a lot of teams. I agree. Like, I absolutely agree. So if I was the Eagles, and I'm not saying they won't do that because, you know, you know that's their own prerogative, but I think that it, they'd be better off having a good wide receiver, maybe another offensive lineman, some better defensive pieces, somebody to yeah. – so like for this year so that either Hurts has somebody – 
to or like has a better team around him or they when they they can draft a quarterback next year and have a better team better pieces around him yeah I like Quiddy Pay from I'm, I don't know if I'm saying that right but from the end from Michigan mm-hmm. uh, I think they could definitely use some secondary help so whether you like Sertan or Caleb Farley um, presumably the Oregon offensive lineman Penae yep. Sewell He'll probably be gone at that point, but Rashawn Slater will be there. Tackle from Northwestern. I don't know. There are a lot of directions they could go, but I, I agree that I don't think they should take a quarterback, but I definitely think it's possible. Yeah, I could see it. Um, the only way that I would like them to take quarterback is if they trade up and pick a top a top guy right now. But um, So, I mean, they're not getting Lawrence. They're not no. getting number one. So you would say – you would rather trade up to two and get Wilson than stay at six and get Lance if he's there. Yes. Okay. I don't think that uh, if you're going to trade up and have and bring in a quarterback to a not very good team, a top quarterback, then it better be a good one. Like don't yeah. first pick on Trey Lance who like, I think Trey Lance could be good on a good team or, I mean, you, of course you never know, but, the odds of having a quarterback being able to shine on a right is obviously better. I agree. And I think a guy who plays the style that Wilson does is a better fit for a bad or a a roster with quite a few holes in it. Yeah, I agree. Also this draft is so offensively heavy. I think they'd be foolish to not take a wide receiver. Yeah. There's no, I mean, there are great defensive players, but none of them are like, projected even like top 10 or like not top eight or so in a lot of the drafts I'm seeing yeah and I would say Micah Parsons is probably the best that's what I was gonna say he, he is or at least the consensus best defensive pick and Sertan I think is right there with him yeah he is and then so is that uh Michigan guy the quitty pay quitty pay yeah so let's see that's a that what a name that is yeah, that is a, that is a great name. I like that one a lot. That um, sounds like a Panthers player, doesn't he? I think Quiddy he does. Pay. That is a great point. I think Quiddy Pay to the Panthers confirmed. <laughs> I mean, if there was ever a Panthers player, I think it was Quiddy Pay. I think so too. I think even if he doesn't go to the Panthers, I, he's still a Panther at heart. He'll he'll end up there. Yeah, I think he will. Maybe he won't get drafted there, but he'll find his way. Where do you think Pitts will go? I think he's a really interesting because like tight ends are they're aren't there isn't a great tight end every year and he plays like a wide receiver and I just think there are a lot of teams that could use him but I don't know which team is going to pull the trigger on a tight end in you know maybe the top 15 or top 10. Yeah I mean this mock draft that I'm looking at right now has him going at five to the Bengals. Okay. Which I could see I mean it, it would be good I mean obviously. I don't know I think if they're going to take I don't know that he's necessarily a top like seven or eight guy. I could see if they want pits, I could see them trading back to 10 or so. I think he's still going to be there at around 10. Yeah, I think so too. Um, but there's a bit of a risk there too, because it's not like you can trade back and like, Oh, take any of like, if you want, right. tight, that's your only one, you know? And there could be a spiteful team that finds out that they like pits and just take them. So they can't have them. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah. Like, I mean, that's so much of it. It's the strategy, like understanding what other teams are going to do. Like, yeah. Okay, back 
tight end. Like they're probably going to take pits, but we have the spot above them, like, and we want them. So, yeah, I was going to ask what the seat, what you think the Seahawks will do, but they'll probably trade off for a running back, huh? Well, I so honestly, thankfully, we don't have a first rounder. So, oh right, because of the Jamal Adams deal. Yeah, so I'm I'm really glad because dude, we have like we've picked Jermaine Effetti, um Rashad Penny, uh, Jordan Brooks, and there's one other guy that I think I'm forgetting because he's been shit as our first rounders. So, um, yeah, I think we just forever. Yeah. So, yeah. I think if, like, you've defended the Chris Carson pick, but taking two first round running backs in five years is just unacceptable, regardless of how good they are. Yeah, I agree. Well, Chris Carson was a late pick, but he was playing at that first round level. Like, taking right. Rashad when we already have Chris Carson is, is yeah. But I, I've been I, hearing kind of deals to trade Chris Carson for some offensive line help, and I'm behind it. I, yeah, I would definitely think that's a good idea. Um, my thing with first-round running backs is I think they should only be drafted by good teams. Yeah. Like, I think – I thought J.K. Dobbins, I don't know if he went in the first round. I think he was I, beginning of the second. Okay. To the, to the Ravens, but I still like a high pick. I think that was a great move because they're a playoff team, and he was great this season. I thought it's Clyde Edwards-Alaire to the – what? Go, uh, go ahead. Yeah. I thought um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire to the Chiefs, like they just – they can insert any running back in there and be good, but there was no – I mean, at 32, there was no other direction that they had a need where there was a better, a more talented player. So I thought – getting a really skilled running back who could catch passes was a great move there. If you don't have a specific need or if you have several, taking the best available player is the best option. So like the Lions drafting DeAndre Swift. Mm -hmm. Like I know they took Okuda with their their first first round pick, but wasn't Swift like early second round or a late first rounder that they had? Like I think it was second. There was a run on running backs in the – beginning of the second kind of and like what Jonathan Taylor was he first rounder to the Colts or was that second round I think he was a second rounder yeah Swift was with the third pick of the second round but like Swift is a great player he played great this season but he put up great numbers because there is a void in offensive production so somebody has to get the yards in that offense like he didn't elevate them at all they still sucked there were so many more directions they could have gone yeah yeah absolutely um yeah, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of taking running backs that high either. I mean, I'm not a big fan of running backs, period, but especially drafting them high. Yeah, I, I agree. I, we're definitely in the same boat there. I think running backs are a position that's pretty easily filled by a lot of other running backs. Um, yeah. Okay, so one thing I was thinking about is that we should start doing hard outs for our segments, and that is – I'm just not doing that at all. <laughs> just Starting what? Like hard outs. Like oh, yeah. have like a 20-minute or whatever, but – I'm not really too interested in that, so. I think that would be good to do, but. Okay, we can do a new segment called Teams Who Didn't Make the Playoffs This Year with the Best Chance to Make the Playoffs Next Year. Why don't you go first? I'll go first. Okay, well, I'll I'll save probably the one that you'll pick. Um, Appreciate that. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you the, the easier one for you. Uh, I'm going to go with the Chargers. Um, for a variety of reasons, the biggest being um, Justin Herbert. He is 
I mean, obviously, offensive player of the year, offensive rookie of the year last year. He's a very, very good quarterback. And, dude, I, I really feel for the Chargers. They've been, like, actually a really talented team for, like, years now. But with injuries, they have not been able to actually put it together. They've, I swear they always have, like, top injuries. But they have so many great pieces on that team. Um, I mean, you have Derwin James, who's super talented. Um, Keenan Allen, I believe, is still there. Sure is. Um, Cal Berkeley's finest. Yeah, yes, sir. Uh, Hunter Henry, Arkansas's finest, is uh, <laughs> okay. Not, he didn't drop a single pass in college. He's a baller, and uh, but he has had some injuries in the pros, and he's a free agent this year. And he his actually, knees are made of saltine crackers. A little bit. Poor, poor guy did not make it that far with ACLs so far. But he, I just saw an article, a report. He said, "I want to play with a good quarterback next year." So I was like, okay, it was just, it was just that's a that's a pretty bold statement coming from a tight end. Yeah, and well, I was just like, well, you're on the Chargers, like you just had offensive rookie of the year last year, and now you're gonna come out and say that you yeah. won back, like I, like you already have one. Right. You, yeah, you, I absolutely agree on the Chargers. I think Herbert. I think we could see a regression. Like I think sometimes guys just play out of their minds year I, one, but I he's he didn't just show flashes. Like he was consistently great. Yeah, and hopefully, like, if they're healthy and just kind of all elevating to that next level, he won't have to be at that same superstar level in his second year. Like, he For sure. Be a good quarterback. I think you're exactly right. It's not like, wow, he was so amazing sometimes. And, of course, he was, but the rest of the time he was pretty average. It was, like, consistently really quality play. So I think to me that indicates that there's not going to be a huge slump next year, even if he does regress a little bit. Yeah, and the thing that we were hearing all year – it's like the Chargers had like over the past two seasons, they've had like a dozen losses by one score. Yep. And I think Anthony Lynn was a good coach in terms of scheme and in terms of like coaching players up and putting a roster together. But some of those in-game decisions, like when you have all that talent and you're consistently losing close games, it's hard not to point to the coaching staff. And we don't really know how Brandon Staley's going to be the came over from the Rams, their defensive coordinator, but hopefully he can just not mismanage the end of games. And like, I think they lost like six or seven games by one score. So if you win half of those games, they go from like four and 11 to seven and nine. And then they'll just, Justin Herbert maybe is able to win them a couple more games. I could see them as a a 10 win team potentially. Yeah, I could, I could definitely see that. My only, the thing that's too bad with them is they're not going to win the division. Like, right, but with the expanded playoffs, I don't yeah, think that's as much that, of a concern because they're no. going to be better than the Raiders and the Broncos. Yeah, absolutely. But that, like, they just need to – it doesn't matter if you're not going to win your division. Like, you just have to be a good wild-card team at that point, which right. so, like, that is a, that's why I'm a bit hesitant to choose them as, like, the team that I think will make it. And I'll, I'll touch on another one after you go. But because um, I – their, their ceiling is a wild card team, which is just unfortunate for them at the moment. But for sure. um, I, I think they definitely could be there next year. But their ceiling is a wild card team next year. But I mean, I don't, I want to go out on a limb here and overreact to the Chiefs losing the Super Bowl. But their roster is so complete right now. But when you have all those good players, there comes a point where you can't can afford them. hold on to everybody. So. I mean, they lost a game to the Raiders this year. You know, if the Chargers could put together a couple great seasons, maybe split with them. I mean, it isn't – 
there is a future where the Chargers win the division in the next three years. Yeah, I could see that. I'm not saying that will happen, but I definitely would not yeah. be sure. I think it'll be interesting to see how the Chiefs play out, man. I don't know. I mean, I, I think there'll be some level of dynasty just with Patrick Mahomes. I do too. I think they'll definitely be right back in the Super Bowl in the next few years, or at least in the mix every year. Yeah, I think Just so. when you have a player as talented as him, you have to find yourself back in that spot. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, Herbert is looking great. And if, if he's, you know, on a – not on – I don't think he'll be on Mahomes' level, but if he's – you know, a, a very quality quarterback with a good team around him. They have a lot of good young talent, and, you know, they definitely could be in the mix to win this. Yeah. Game. I would love to see some Week 17 or wild card round Chiefs Chargers games, Herbert and Mahomes in the near future. That'll be a lot of fun. That would be, yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Um, my team that didn't make the playoffs this year, who I think will make the playoffs next year, is the 49ers. I don't think I need to bring up all the players on IR so but I think we all know about it they had a thousand players on IR yep. and a lot of top players Nick, every Nick. top player Nick Bosa and um, Solomon Thomas went down in the same game with torn ACLs shout out MetLife Field and they had wide receivers missing I mean COVID stuff Kittle missed a bunch of time they get everybody back even if Garoppolo is still there, he's obviously not the best option at quarterback, but they were in a Super Bowl with him at quarterback. Um, Debo Samuel's going to get better. Brandon Ayuk's going to get better. Just with the – the one thing that does worry me is how good that division is. You're always going to have Seattle in the mix because of Russell Wilson. The Rams got, I think, significantly better with the, the trade for Stafford. Um, Murray's just going to get better, and the Cardinals are going to be in the mix. Yeah, but Every one of those teams would win a lot of other divisions. For sure. And there is a chance that, I mean, four teams from the same division can make the playoffs. So that would be shocking. I wouldn't be shocked if three of those teams were in it. And It's hard to say they all play each other so much that it like kind of beats them Definitely. Up. But just with how complete the 49ers roster is, I like them to be one of the top two teams in that division. Yeah, I mean, God, the NFC West is so interesting. Like, literally any one of those teams could win it next year. Like, I don't yeah. think like, – I don't Cardinals, think the Cardinals will. You know, they'd be the most surprising, but I could see it. But I don't think I don't think next year it will be their year to win it. But, I mean, I think Seahawks and Rams are probably the two favorites right now. But I, think I would the, say the Rams and the 49ers, I agree. Well, anyway, I was going to say the Rams are right there. The Niners are right there with them. But um, it's really – it's not anybody's game. But I think that regardless, the Niners should still have a good enough season to make the playoffs, even if they don't come in as the winner of the division. Who do you think the best coach in the NFC West is? Uh, Just step away from the situation. Just take uh, a real good hard look at it and tell me who you think the best coach is. I I can't say Pete Carroll anymore. It's – Thank you. I I can't. Um, that was a big moment for you. Yeah, I know. I'm 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 trying to improve um, my my bias, and and Pete Carroll's kind of I don't know. He's he he's really disappointed me uh, at the end of last year, and it just kind of paints a picture. But um, probably Sean McVay. Okay. But obviously, there's a case for drawing a blank on the Niners coach, Mike Shanahan. 
Kyle but, Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan. Um, there's a case for him too. And for, I mean, Cliff Kingsbury is also really quality. He hasn't proven it yet, so I wouldn't I wouldn't give it to him. But I'm not that big of a fan. Like, I don't know if he ever had a winning season at Texas Tech, and his quarterback was Mahomes. And obviously, they just don't play defense in that conference. But I'll I'll rephrase that. I think that Cliff Kingsbury has a lot of potential. Uh, yeah, definitely. But obviously, I would not get I would not give that to him now. And he's super hot and has a cool house, so right. you never know what's going to happen. Yes, he does. Both of those. Um, so I mean, you can't go wrong either way there. Um, okay, our next little segment will be. Wait, I'm gonna throw up one more. I think the Cowboys are another okay. team. I, I like think that. Another team because we picked two that <clears throat> are gonna see big improvement from next year but might still get kind of gatekeeped by how good their division is right was i think have such a weak division that i think that even if they just show like marginal improvement they should be able to win it so i like win the entire division like and not so you don't like washington i i think that they're no not not enough to um think that they're going to be like way better than the Cowboys like you know the the Chiefs are clearly better than the Chargers and you know the Rams and Seahawks make really tough competition for the Niners right Cowboys are kind of an opposite thing where like I think the Chargers and the Niners are better teams and they'll show more improvement the Cowboys next year but they just yeah Yeah. um okay yeah I definitely agree with the Cowboys I think I disagree a little on Washington they had one of the best defensive front fours in the league and um chase young is just a rookie yeah oh no i i love chase young and i like washington too to be a good team i mean i could see them both making it but yeah washington is a much weaker team than the chiefs or the the niners and the seahawks but um and also i think that until they like really have an answer at quarterback then it'll be hard for me to to pick them that high i like heineke i don't know about you but i i mean it's one game but just like what I saw in terms of his accuracy and playmaking, I he could yeah, definitely yeah, win nine, ten games with that team next year. I think so too, but I think that they're like an act like a a quality quarterback away from being like a really good team. Yeah. But so not, not- oh, another bit of news. We'll dodge away from football for a second and come back to it. Um, Tim Tebow announced his retirement from professional baseball. Oh. So. I thought we could go through and talk about our favorite Tim Tebow baseball moments. Okay, that was fun. So we can move on to the next segment now. Segment, I think, yeah, that was definitely my favorite one too. I would also like to announce my retirement from professional baseball in conjunction with Tim Tebow. I, I will no longer be playing professional baseball. I'm deciding to take my talents elsewhere too. Right, to the SEC on CBS set. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't even know he was still doing that. I forgot he did that in the first I place. think the only notable moment was when the dude in the stands had a heart attack and he went and said a prayer right <laughs> next to him. And then... He was doing something... Wait, did he even ever play in the MLB? Or was it No, like, he was in like double A or triple A, I think. Yeah, that makes sense. I remember he was stealing a lot of bases at one point, I think. Okay. He stole one base and it made a highlight reel. <laughs> That's cool. Um... Yeah, I just remember this dude like had a stroke or a heart attack or something. And Tebow went and like said a prayer and then like 
actual medical people came and saved this guy's life. And everybody was like, Tim Tebow is such a hero. Because <laughs> he like read a Bible verse from memory. Like no, no hate on the Bible or religion. Well, moderate hate on the Bible. But like there was zero credit given to like EMTs and paramedics who saved the dude's life. It was just, it was the thoughts and prayers that did it. <laughs> Tebow was like in the way they were trying to like get like dude get out of here we're trying to do CPR he's like our father out in heaven <laughs> he's like no I got it from here guys okay that was fun um who are the top five teams now or who are top five teams now and there are maybe six or seven who you could argue that you think will be a top five team in five years in five years I think Chiefs have to be um if you had to pick the bills or the ravens which one would you take as more likely to be a top five team i would i would pick them both but if i had to pick one i think it's the bills i agree i just think josh allen is more he's not more skilled than jackson but i think he's shown just the leap he showed year one to year two to year three i think he'll be a winner yeah, I think so, too. I definitely think so, too. Um, I think the Ravens do have a little bit better young pieces, though. Like, I like Patrick Queen a lot. Yeah. Um, K. Dobbins, all that. I mean, that, that's good. But um, I think Bill's coaching is great right now. And, I, and honestly, I mean, you have to think about Lamar's injury potential over the next five years. And he'll be as mobile and athletic at in five years from now. It's just not there as much i think a couple teams that were top five teams this season that won't be i think of it like the saints and the packers i think they just in five years rogers won't be with green bay almost certainly and breeze obviously won't buccaneers is another one too all for the same reasons right hey um, i mean are we gonna keep on just doubting brady like this there, i had no way brady plays for another five years no i know I agree. But, um, so what teams do you think are like on the cusp, like maybe 10 to 15 that will emerge as that, that will be top five teams in five years in 2026? I think the Cardinals definitely could be there. Okay. I mean, it's hard because I, I'm not trying to just pick the best young quarterbacks. But that's right. Like the best right now. I, are we, can we take a stop right here? Can you hear a, uh, anything in my background is it like a dog barking it's pretty quiet whatever it is but no there's a neighbor who's deciding right now to do like the with the lawn so oh no it's not too bad i, I heard okay like, sorry continue on um yeah i'm trying to not just pick like the top young quarterbacks but that's like definitely the best indicator i mean yeah definitely going to be some teams that like for example, the Jets might be able to. They're so far from it right now. But or no, sorry, the Jaguars. That's who's getting Trevor Lawrence, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like the Jaguars might be able to in five years get Trevor Lawrence going and everything like that. I mean, Broncos maybe, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, I would say I think the Rams, just because I you mentioned McVay is the best coach in the in that division. And I think he'll just continue to put together good rosters. And I, I don't see him losing his job, really. So I also think whatever team has Deshaun Watson, like, 
we can also add them to the list of teams who didn't make the playoffs who will next year. Just whoever gets Deshaun Watson immediately has a great chance of making the postseason. Yeah, as long as it's not a bottom feeder team or if he's for sure. But like any of the like Broncos, I think he puts the Broncos in. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, same thing. Broncos, Panthers. Right. Um, also, I think the Seahawks could still be that team in five years. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that Russell Wilson will still be a very good quarterback in five years. I do too. Um, I think he'll be less mobile. So I think they'll have to have a much better team around. He won't be able to play hero ball. Like his ability to do that's going to go down each year. He's like 31, right? 32. But yeah, I definitely think get get think Pete Carroll out of there. I think his improvisational skills are still very they're still gonna be top notch, even if he's not able to just run around and do circles around everybody. I think he's still how quick thinking he is and everything, I think will still translate at a very high level. I agree. Um Okay, so you wanted to Heath wanted to talk about soccer. So I'm gonna go go to the bathroom real quick while he does that. We'll do a brief thing on soccer. It is cool because, so obviously, Messi and Ronaldo are the two best players ever play soccer, and they're playing at the same time, which is great. Pele? No. He's like third probably, but he's not at the same level as Messi and Ronaldo. They have better stats and played in the modern era. He was doing okay. that again. So what were you saying about them? They're playing against each other? Well, just the fact that they – came up at the same time is right. so where it's like I can't think of another sport that has the two best players of all time playing at the same age at the same time Federer and Nadal yeah that's true but I mean I guess to call soccer a much bigger sport than tennis is a bit of a stretch but <laughs> okay <laughs> but um yeah no that, that's a good point but um either way it's a very rare thing but I don't like, know why I was pretending that I'm like a tennis fan. I couldn't care less about Roger Federer and Nadal. Well, I, I, but that's still a great point. Like they're both at that level. Right. That is true. But they're Messi and Ronaldo are like 37 and 35 or something. They're like they're you know, like solidly in their 30s, and that's old, especially for a soccer player. Like they're on their way out. They're still playing great football, but or soccer, I guess. But um, they're they're not <laughs> that same. Level that they used to be, but the the good news, <laughs> I know. I, just if just just call it soccer. Just you I can know, talk I, about soccer, but just call it soccer. <laughs> I try to. I usually do. But anyways, they're on their way out. But they have. There's two like really young players that have just like shown that they're at like you know next up, and it was cool because like a lot of those. It's in Champions League right now. And yeah. those games were like, one of them was against Messi, uh, Mbappe. Who you I was about knew. to say Mbappe. I knew it was Mbappe. He scored a hat trick wow. in Barcelona, which Ronaldo never did. Um, it, it was huge. And is Mbappe better than Ronaldo? People are talking. No, they are talking. They're saying he is. No, he, he's, <laughs> okay. no. but he, he like is kind of on a similar path. And then. Right. Norwegian guy Holland is really really good too. He scored two and an assist in the same day that Ronaldo like didn't play great in the wow. So it was just kind of a very cool like changing of the guard moment in soccer as these two like young older goats are kind of getting shown up by these like 21 20 year old guys. 
He should have gotten in a fight to complete the Gordie Howe hat trick. Yeah, I know that's that's all you need. The Gordie Howe hat trick is will remain um, untouched. The ultimate accomplishment in all of sports. Yeah, like that. That's way more important than any other achievement. It's you know it's, it's sure. a holistic experience. It's not just your playmaking and scoring. It you're you're an enforcer too, and it's, it's your toughness. Um, so you said that they're the two best ever. Where do they like putting aside their legacies and what they've done? Where do they rank as players currently? Ronaldo and Messi, still like very top. Like, okay, like top five. Yeah, probably. Okay, it's just um, it's hard because they were like one and two, and then like anybody else was kind of below like considerably, and now like they're still like at that top. They can't carry a whole team anymore. Okay. It's been tough because they had good teams around them and they were at the top level and they were like, those were probably the two best teams of all time or some of them. And now like the team around them is shittier and they're older and can't perform at that same level. So it's, they've been taking a down downfall. Yeah. All right. So I'll try to watch some, I don't work this week during the day. So I'll try to watch some champions league if I'm up in time. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not too late or it's not early Tuesday and Wednesday at 12 o'clock there at noon oh, okay there's two games each day perfect so, um you have no excuses um cool well that's that's probably enough soccer for today so uh, we can do a little hockey the uh nhl tried to hold outdoor games at six thousand feet of elevation in yeah. lake tahoe and forgot about the sun so the hard one their plans were foiled pretty pretty quickly there. Yep, they, uh, in the game with the Las Vegas Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche um, held at like 1 or 2 o'clock in the middle of the day in <laughs> California. They, they figured they'd hold an outdoor hockey, ice hockey game, of course. And um, Hottest state in the country, hottest part of the state, hottest time of the day. Right. Yeah. Hockey. Hockey. Um, and to... A great surprise, the ice started melting in the very first period. Huh? I know. I no one no one could have seen it coming, but nonetheless it happened and luckily they seem to be very prepared for it as they held a nine hour intermission <laughs> in the first and second periods. Uh, and then resumed play at midnight to to finish it out. I wanna know like I want a nine hour stream of the broadcast that like NBC or whatever, how trying to fill their two games. Let's fill nine hours of television right now. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder what was going on there. It was like the Niners Ravens Super Bowl with the yeah. when the lights went out and the halftime crew is trying to come up with stuff to say. <laughs> yeah, they're telling like childhood stories and Gary Bettman's out on the ice with a portable AC trying to like cool down the ice. <laughs> yeah, basically, he's like you know, holding up sheets to try to block out the sun because <laughs> apparently the the cloud cover was everywhere but the sun is what he said. Um, wow. So I don't know. Yeah, I guess just un- unlucky. Could that be because the sun burned through the clouds? I don't... Mm, is that how the... No, that's not how the sun works. No, that's not science. You have no science there. So... Um, what yeah. an unfortunate turn of events. Yep. Yep. Also, like, we would talk some basketball. There are some exciting teams. The Jazz are playing really well. He thinks they suck. Um, 
but Correct. there's real. I mean, the Lakers are going to come out of the West, and the Nets, as long as they don't collapse, are probably going to come out of the East. So we'll wait till probably May or June to start talking NBA. <laughs> yeah, none of it's really relevant until then. Um, I mean, we can talk a little bit about All Star stuff. I mean, Julius Randall is. Oh is, yeah. Is he going to be an All Star? I don't know if he will be. Like, he definitely – he's playing at an all-star level. But, yeah, and this is one thing that I kind of am getting annoyed with. Like, there was a ton of discourse, let's say, over the Doncic versus Damian Lillard. Um, Doncic was chosen as a starter for the West over Lillard. And people are furious about it. But, like, if they're – among the 16 teams in each conference, if there were five – clear players who were just so much better than all of the other players, it would be a much less exciting league than it is. Yeah. Like the fact that like, yeah, there are multiple good players. Like, I don't know why we're being so not a writer up in arms about this. And like Doncic started off really slow. I think in his first five games, he shot like 9% from three or something. And, but he's really picked it up. I don't have any numbers in front of me, but he's, they're winning games. He's playing as well as anybody. And Lillard, go ahead. You it's just like, it's so close between the two. They're both worthy. And it's, I don't know, how, it's a player vote. It's a fan vote. And it's maybe like a coach's vote. But I was listening to the Ryan Rosillo podcast and he said that like, talking to some players it's some players that's like openly only vote for their teammates like some players like Dario Saric just votes for Romanian players like it's not the most foolproof plan and so like you know maybe Mavericks fans just voted more than Blazers fans did like there are more people in Dallas than in Portland maybe that's the case like I don't know yeah, well, because it was a tie in, in some kind of vote, and then it went to a different one. Is oh, that, okay. Is what I heard. I don't remember what it was. It couldn't have been a tie in popularity vote. That'd be too crazy. So it might have been a tie in, like, the coach's poll, and then it went to Right. Something. Well, maybe Doncic won the electoral vote, <laughs> and Lillard won the popular vote. Yep, exactly. I think, that's what it, I think that's exactly what it was. Um, and, you know, I think that's just further evidence. We need to get rid of that whole system. But, no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> What I will say is that Damian Lillard has been on a tear. So, see him and I want to say Batum. I don't even think he's on there anymore. Their second and third best players have been out, and Damian Lillard has been going crazy. Yeah. So, I think there's a little bit of a recency bias on why people think that Lillard should be a starter right now in the All-Star game. I think Luka has been having a better year, but Lillard has been playing better over the last, like, month. Yeah, Lillard's at 30 points per game, 44% from the field, 38 from three, um, like eight assists, a steal. Yeah, he's – I'm not going to look up Doncic. I'm not a stats guy. I don't know why I was, did that. But also, like, every time a player's career ends and we're, like, looking back on them or maybe they're on the Hall of Fame ballot, like, all-stars are never – looked at or given that much weight in determining a player's legacy and like multiple players have come out against the all-star game and it's kind of just a game with a lot of dunks and three-point shots and no defense yeah i I don't see why 
like looking back at a career, we never value the all-star game, but in the moment, it's like the biggest deal in the world that Doncic got it over Lillard. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, no, it's just a, it's more of a fun event than at the end of the day. You're like, oh, well, like, yeah, this guy was good, but he, he only had five all-star games. Right. Seven, so I think uh, that's – Yeah, the only time I think it really comes into play is when it, somebody gets, like, a ton of consecutive – like, I think for Chris Bosch, for an example, like, for his like, – like, he made 10 straight all-star games from, really? I think, 06 to 2016. Like – that isn't like that's real you know when you're consistently one of the best players like that says something yep i agree it's not like it's those it's those times where they played for 16 seasons and 15 of them are all-star games yeah exactly and but what really doesn't matter is like okay he's not he's not an all-star game starter like fucking who cares yeah all right he's not gonna get the same minutes in the game yeah he's an all-star like he's he's literally still an all-star player right like I mean, I get it. It's a popularity thing. It's something for the fans to talk about, but it's fucking, it's not, not, not particularly relevant. Um, also, I think the difference is that the, the Mavs aren't in a playoff spot right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, they, they haven't been. Um, Are you sure? That's what this, that's what this article says. It says the Mavericks are not on track to, they are on track to miss the playoffs, but I don't have the, uh, the thing pulled up right now. I was just reading an article that I read about Doncic, but um, it said, but he he's close to averaging a thirty point triple double right now. Doncic is like, wow, yeah, the Mavericks are. I mean, I knew they weren't great, but I I forgot about the. I'm following the East more because of the Knicks, so you can be like ten and twenty and be on the cusp of making the playoffs. Yeah, the West is so good. I I've been following the West more just because the Nuggets. Um, right kind of jazz and Lakers and all that. But yeah, Mavs are- Murray had that crazy game. He did. When he, he put did. up like 50 on 25 shots or something. Yeah, that, yeah, he was 23 of 25. Or no, wait, 21 of 25? Yeah, okay. 25, but still, like that's insane shooting. It's the highest shooting percentage ever in a 50-point game. Insane. I also feel like, like if you only looked at Instagram, you would not know how good Zion Williamson is playing right now. I think it's- like there's always a rookie who gets the attention last year with Zion and Moran. Yep. But Zion's averaging 25 a game. Um, and he's just like, there was one game where he was, I think 14 of 14 or 14 of 15. He made his first 10 shots. Like he's not necessarily one of the most value, but he's like, he does things that nobody else does. Yeah. I mean, he's a top, like, athlete for sure absolutely and like the way he's able to just like bully past really good defenders and he's also gotten it kind of still scares me when he runs like he just looks like there's so much weight coming down on his knees i know i'm worried about his longevity yeah but the way he i mean he's able to put the ball on the floor he's gotten more quick and his touch is ridiculous like with with contact guy in his face he's just able to score and he's just he, he's soft with it too and he and for sure he can be um very delicate with the ball like in, in terms of shooting and laying it up yeah has that power too like that's a, such a, a rare right. a, like that that power that speed that like yeah 
raw athleticness, but then also like the quick and soft and, you know, like. Yeah. And none of this is like breaking news, how good he is. But I just think like last year he was so over, there was so like the Zion coverage was just oversaturated. It was every play he made. And it's like, you wouldn't know that he was having a very good year this year. Hate the attention span of just basically everything nowadays. Yeah. Like nothing can be relevant for more than a couple few months. Right. And the Pelicans just don't play defense, so it's kind of yeah. they can't win a lot of games. But um, but yeah, like it, this year it's mellow. So all all done with Zion. Um, yeah, and Lamelo's awesome. He's playing. Yeah. He's super fun to watch. He's one of the most fun players to watch. But I just think we should give these players time to like. Like, we should follow all of them and watch them progress from year one to year two to year three, not just be, like, obsessed with how good the rookie's playing and then move on. Yeah, yeah, because there's, like, oh, like, look, he's doing this as a rookie, but then if he's doing that in his second, third year, it doesn't matter anymore. Right. Um, dude, that Anthony Edwards dunk. What's up? That Anthony Edwards dunk. Oh, yeah. That was – like, that was such a good dunk. Like, that, that was – Yeah, um, I'm not usually a fan of how excited we get about – like that type of dunk but yeah. i mean that one was just pure like athleticism and just his head was like his neck was at the rim and he just he got up and like actually I, I don't know usually like in middle school i would get really hyped by dunks like yeah that. for sure so i was like all right like whatever like that's cool like that, that that is a good dunk but that one was one that i was like i literally was just sitting in my room by myself and I, when i saw that and i like was like whoa like i no, watched like, that video a hundred times like it was just so it gets better every time yeah it, it really does all the different angles i mean that that was very very impressive i like i, I like anthony edwards i'm excited he's been super fun to watch and i think we would have known a lot more about him if he didn't play in the like for Georgia and in a season where March Madness got canceled, I think there was just not enough hype around a lot of college players. But well, like nobody knew of him before he got drafted, and I feel like a lot of people still don't. I mean, maybe after that dunk, more do, but I think college basketball fans who like NBA fans who also follow college basketball, but yeah, outside of like just NBA fans, probably looked at that pick and were like, okay, like yeah, I don't know, I'll, I'll see. Yeah, no, and. And even like you have to be a like you definitely a college football or college basketball fan. Like I mean, not like any kind of diehard or something, but like yeah. like be like a sports fan and like oh yeah, I like college basketball, like whatever. Like, right. You have to really know, especially with your you're exactly right with with how it was last year with no March Madness and yeah. Um, but I am really looking forward to March Madness this year, man. Like that's that might be my favorite event of the year. It's definitely up there. I think the Masters is always going to be my one, but I, I mean, there's just nothing better than the Masters. Augusta, Georgia, you know. When, when is that now? Or like what, what time of year is that? It's in April. So it's around like April 10th to 14th. I thought it was sometime in the spring, so it's coming up. Yeah. Exciting. But um, yeah, call March Madness, there's so many big men that are fun to watch. Yeah. Like between Luca Garza and Kofi Coburn and Hunter Dickinson with Michigan, he had a great game today against Ohio State. That was a super fun game. They won that, right? By like, yeah, yeah. It was a close game all the way through. Both teams were shooting lights out, and Dickinson started a little slow. Ohio State did a good job on him in the beginning, but yeah, that was. I love. It's like the Michigan's ranked three, Ohio State's four. 
it was the first matchup between those top five teams. Really? Just, yeah, and it's a classic rivalry, so it was a ton of fun to watch. One of those where you wish the, the stands were packed. Yeah, yeah. Man, the atmosphere there would have been crazy. Um, Arkansas is a big game against number eight ranked, nine ranked Alabama in a couple days, which is good. Because Arkansas is finally ranked now, which is great. Um, but yeah, dude, the, the SEC has been actually really quality this year. A lot of times it's like pretty lackluster. It's like, it's yeah, like, it really matters. But and it's Alabama, kind of gone hand in hand with the fallback of the ACC. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, you have Alabama, Tennessee, Missouri, and Arkansas that are either all ranked right now or have been within the last couple of weeks. Right. Which and is, then you have like blue bloods like Duke and UNC and Kentucky that just aren't good. Duke's kind of coming back a little. Yeah. Um, I think it's yeah. up a little bit too. They're, they are. I watched a couple of their games and they're definitely like they've had talent all year. They haven't been able to put it together. Um, Devoin Mintz has been shooting the ball a little better. BJ Boston looks like he cares and like is sort of playing as if he's like he's acting as if he's playing college basketball for Kentucky now, which is good. Yeah, that's how you should be acting when you are. Right. But, yeah, they're probably not going to make the tournament. They just started too slow. Yeah, it, it depends, though, because, like, so much of that has weight on how you do in the SEC tournament. Right? right, that's true. So if they finally get it together, they step it up, which I hope they don't. But if they do, then they definitely have a path still, especially with, like, how much weight they have. Like, if – Right, if they're on the edge, the selection committee will give the nod to Kentucky versus a different program. Exactly. Like if Auburn did the exact same thing, had a slow start, and then really started picking it up and did great in the SEC tournament, then yeah. But Kentucky, like, okay, wow. And, and deservedly so. I mean, a, a rolling Kentucky team, you have to think, like, where that trajectory can take them. Yeah, for sure. And just in terms of ratings, people are going to watch Kentucky more than they're going to watch Auburn. All right. Do we have any more, any more topics or? I don't have anything else. I think I'm, I think I'm all right too. So, um, well, thank you for tuning in to uh, a podcast about sports. At some point in the near future, we will be arriving at our third and final name for this podcast. Um, I'm going to probably limit it to two name changes, but I'm open to it, another one. So I think that like, I think the a fourth name really has a good ring to it. <laughs> I think once you get into the six and seven range, things get dicey. Yeah. That might be a bit much, but you know, we're, we're, we're unique and maybe we'll, it's we'll... a good thing. Nobody listens to it. So it's not really that big of a deal. No one knows, but um, Obviously, if you are hearing this, then you're listening. So we appreciate that. And uh, tune in next week. Thanks for listening.